Hello, everyone. I am joined by one of my favorites here at Vendo and a personal friend of mine, Shelby Smith. So Shelby, why don't you introduce yourself and also go through what you're most excited for for 2023 so the audience can get to know you a little better. Hey, guys, um, I am our senior Walmart.com uh, growth strategist, and I'm excited to be here. Happy it's Friday. Uh, what I'm looking forward to most this year would be uh, being a bridesmaid in Delaney's wedding. So we are definitely more than co-workers. There we go. Yes. Uh, Shelby and I go way back, as people would say. And Shelby comes to visit me every three months. So um, she's kind of delayed on that timeline, but it's fine for now. We're excited for the wedding and we'll just go ahead and hop into it. But that's a little bit about the culture of Vendo. Obviously, we've developed a ton of different personal connections as well as the business world, even in a very digital environment. So shall we happy to finally join, um, be joined by you on Venda Velocity. It's a long time coming here, but let's just dive on into it. I know today we are going to be discussing with our audience the marketing mix, otherwise known as the four P's. So Shelby, why don't you just introduce our audience to what the four P's are and how they have expanded over time? For sure. So uh, the four P's, also known as the marketing mix, um, are the key pillars that businesses use to influence how customers shop. Um, there's actually seven P's, but uh, most people really focus on four. And today we're going to talk about product, pricing, promotions, and place. So we're going to specifically speak about Walmart and how it's kind of changed over time, especially with the digital landscape. And then the benefit of having Delaney on today is also kind of hearing how um, she interprets these P's on the Amazon um, side of the business as well. Absolutely. So going a little bit into the first P that Shelby had just mentioned, product, right? So how are we really understanding the product itself when any marketer is really coming to the market with a new product, the customer obviously needs to, or the marketer needs to understand who needs this product and why they need it. I think that this has changed a little bit in the digital environment. It's actually started to evolve a lot, especially with Walmart's 3P ecosystem becoming a larger part of the business. So Shelby, why don't you speak particularly to um, how walmart.com has evolved from a product standpoint? For sure. I'm going to start with Walmart stores. So there are Walmarts all over the country. And as you guys know, at a super center, you can get everything from a video game to your weekly grocery order to clothes and basic staples. So it's always been extremely important to Walmart to have the product that customers are shopping for and give them one location to find that. Um, as Walmart has focused on growing walmart.com as a whole, there's kind of a new piece of the product mix, um, you know, offering extended pack sizes online, different flavors or new brands that, you know, may not fit the in-store frame of Walmart, but need to be online and available there to the customer, making sure that whatever the customer is shopping for, they can find it either at Walmart in-store or on walmart.com. Absolutely. And then from an amazon.com standpoint, what we've seen so far is Obviously, those products that have been first to Amazon and have been in the market for, you know, five to seven years, they have a little bit more ranking built up behind them. So it because of their long history of sales, they may have held these bestseller badges within category for years now, which is allowing them to be placed higher organically on a lot of these top search terms. So when you're a new product that's coming into the market 
obviously a bit harder to penetrate um, those markets that are already very clouded with a ton of different products. So our recommendation is to definitely dive into Product Opportunity Explorer, um, an internal tool on Amazon. And when you are launching a market, see how saturated that market is, how many of the top competitors are getting the top 80% of clicks within that given market and really what that growth opportunity is for you to come in and be able to be well ranked within that category. Obviously, that's going to look a little bit different in a category like dog toys than maybe you're creating a new category on Amazon by itself. So Shelby, let's talk a little bit more about that overall. Obviously, now with Walmart.com expanding so much, especially on the three-piece side of the business, there's so many different offerings um, from a just an assortment standpoint in many of these categories. So let's switch over to a pricing standpoint. And why is price so important? So that especially for Walmart.com, so that you can differentiate yourself between all of these competitive products. Yeah, I think that's a great point. So Walmart was built on the core value of save money, live better. Um, so customers have traditionally gone to Walmart to find good value, good product, um, and find their staples that they need. And they've always trusted Walmart to do that. So now that e-com is growing so much, it's still very important to Walmart and the customers to have a competitive and everyday low price standpoint. Through the Walmart marketplace, the seller is in control of the retail price. And so my advice to someone looking to sell on Walmart through the marketplace channel is to always keep that in mind and remember that the customers shopping at Walmart or walmart.com are expecting to have a better value. Now, Amazon is, I would say, the best competitor there when it comes to offerings to the customer. But as you're going through and looking for those gaps in the assortment or growing a new category, look and see if you can even be competitive in that landscape and price. And if anything, be you know, equal to Amazon, if not lower occasionally. Um, a lot of retailers play the high-low throughout the year. Um, and Walmart, like I said, everyday low prices, save money, live better is always important to them. So building out your assortment and paying attention to, you know, a sustainable margin and cost structure that is going to incentivize the customer to purchase your product is really important. Exactly. And that's especially important before you start selling anywhere. Um, because from what we've seen, of course, you'll see buy box suppressions on Amazon if the Walmart price is lower, which can, again, really impact your ranking. But now Amazon is also looking at the price per ounce from a Walmart.com standpoint, which is a huge challenge for us because initially you could go and sell a 25 count at Walmart.com and a 30 count at um, Amazon.com. And because those two items had different UPCs, there wasn't going to be any price matching that went on there. But now that they're really looking at the price per ounce standpoint, you really need to make sure that when you're launching in either Walmart or Amazon, you should maybe think about exclusive products for either of those retailers, whether that comes down to the pack size or the formula or just the flavors themselves that you're taking to each of them, depending on what product category you sell in. Um, because now it seems like both of these retailers and even expanding past Walmart and Amazon, think Target, Ulta, whatever some of your bigger competitive retailers are, there's creating a downward spiraling of prices. And in an economy like ours today, from a margin standpoint, you're going to be really constrained there. So mm -hmm. Shelby, I think that point ties well into the promotions piece, um, because that's, of course, another way in which you can differentiate yourself 
So talk about a new product launch specifically on walmart.com. I think the promotion strategy looking at both retailers is going to differ because you also have to worry about the store side of the business. That so, was going to be my question. Are you talking an omni-channel launch or an yes. e-com only launch? Let's go through each of them. Let's start with the omni-channel launch. Okay. So for anyone that doesn't know, anything that's in the Walmart store has a digital presence, even if let's say it can't ship to the customer. Um, if it's cheese, let's say it's still on walmart.com. Price is still visible to everyone based off of what the price is in store um, to allow customers to order through online pickup and delivery. So Knowing that and knowing Walmart's pricing model of rollbacks, everyday low price, you can no longer have a low retail in store and not expect it to be online where Amazon can price match and all other competitors see the price that you have given Walmart. So that's always super important to keep in mind. Um, but when it comes to promotions and rollbacks, same same theory here. If you're running a rollback in store, that rollback is also going to reflect on walmart.com. So I would say for an omni-channel promotion strategy, if the item is truly omni and is in the store and can be shipped to the customer online, being aware of what that's going to do in the market, I think is the best place to start because you can't have that mindset of, oh, well, Walmart's going to be on rollback and you know it's that short time frame. Um, Amazon's going to match that or is going to get competitive back. And then you play that high, low downward spiral, like you said, Delaney. So it's always important, like you said, to be mindful of what items you have and what channels and what retailers and what pricing strategy is occurring. Um, rollbacks in store at Walmart are 90 days. It's not a quick flash pick, quick deal that you can turn on and off. Um, and another piece is, you know, stores markdown inventory at store level, they have full control of the retail. So sometimes that also causes problems where you weren't planning on running a rollback or running a promotion, but something occurred at a specific store in a location that has marked down the price significantly. Well, in that zip code, when the customer is shopping on site, they are also going to see that clearance price on walmart.com. So I would say there's less control, honestly, of your pricing on at Walmart, especially with Omnichannel than there is on Amazon. But I think the most important piece is just being mindful of that occurring and being prepared to handle your other websites and retailers whenever there is a price discrepancy at Walmart. Yep, absolutely. And then I'll add my piece from the Amazon side before we go into just e-commerce specific product launches, Shelby. But when we're looking at the Amazon side of the business, obviously that's going to differ from a 1P or a 3P perspective as well. Because from a 1P perspective, you have less control over your promotion strategy. A lot of that is going to be up to your vendor manager in terms of the discounts. But again, that's still going to heavily impact your pricing strategy outside of Amazon and other retailers. Because if your vendor manager does decide to cut your prices because maybe the item isn't performing better or the consumer can get it at a better price than the rest of the market, that's also going to create margin constraints for you more long-term and affect your distribution as a whole. And then if you're looking at the three-piece side of the business, I know that something that a lot of sellers will do at the onset of a product launch is that they will discount their product, you know, put a five to 10% coupon on that product before it launches, um, which of course will juice up your ranking within the algorithm and kind of kickstart yourself during Amazon's honeymoon period, which is really that first 60 to 90 days of a launch. So when you get all those Vine reviews in, 
only the 30 that you can get, unlike on Walmart, how you can syndicate reviews, but that's a topic for a different time. Um, and then you're in a good position to convert on your listing, slapping maybe a sales price on that or a coupon on that. Just being super um, attentive to the fact that if it is a coupon, it, uh, Walmart and other retailers likely will not match because that's not coming off of the actual list price. But if you're doing a sales discount, then that's obviously going to have an impact. So maybe it is a good strategy on Amazon.com, even if you're in Walmart, to go with the coupon approach. Mm -hmm. But you just have to understand how that promotion strategy is going to affect rest of the market. And then Shelby, if we look at events like Prime Day on mm -hmm. Amazon, we could transition to overall what that looks like on Walmart.com from a, pr a pricing standpoint and really just how can you remain competitive on walmart.com during large tentpole events at other retailers? So in a perfect world, my recommendation would be to align your promotional strategies across retailers. And that's me protecting the brand. Obviously for Walmart and Amazon, they wanna have the lowest price on those events. But to protect your margin, I ideally would love to run similar promos at the same time so that you know, whenever customers are shopping for deals, um, they can find it regardless of who their preferred retailer is to shop from. And as you've seen over the years, Walmart and also Target will have a competing event with Amazon during Prime Day or will launch slightly before, slightly after to capture, you know, additional consumers who may have missed it on Amazon or are only a Walmart shopper. And so my recommendation would be ideally to you know, prepare deals to match at retailers or have a prepared deal, you know, following with different items. And that brings me to my other recommendation is you don't have to promote the same item across retailers, but maybe looking at if I have a 55 inch TV giving 20% off to Amazon and then 65 inch having 20% at Walmart, just something, something that's different, but where the customer can find value at either retailer and each retailer is offering great value to the customer. Absolutely. And I think we skipped over the third P and just jumped over to promotion, but the third <laughs> P being place. I know, Chubby, we always get ahead of ourselves here, um, but place. And I think that this is maybe the P that has evolved the most yes. over the last 50, 60 years. And the reason for that is because all of these competitive retailers, um, from a brand standpoint, some brands want to have massive distribution in all of these channels. And as Walmart.com and Amazon.com expands, initially you'd think as of Walmart.com as only your low price alternatives. So if you were in, if you were a luxury product, there was no room for you to sell on Walmart.com. That rationale has obviously changed a bit with the marketplace. So go into that a little bit, Shelby, as far as like which products are best for Walmart.com, um, and is it all of them? That's a hot topic. <laughs> um, so I do not believe it's everything. Like throwing everything up no longer works. We don't want it to be oversaturated and just kind of a mess with, with your product. It's still important to offer the right assortment. Um, I would say the e-com landscape does allow a space for the more luxury brand, your high price items, your larger pack sizes, more volume, things that aren't purchased necessarily on your weekly shopping trip to Walmart where you're getting your groceries and your basic staples. Um, with that said, the Walmart shopper is still 
the walmart.com shopper, their demographics and, um, you know, baskets are bigger. So I, I personally would like to recommend, you know, an extension of what you have in store that makes sense for the brand. So if you are in store and looking to grow your assortment online, just keeping that in mind. Now, if you're not in store and are wanting to sell on walmart.com and take advantage of the traffic that they have, um, I definitely recommend, you know, your entry level price point items, even if you're luxury, just to get started. It's a great learning space to see what price point are people willing to pay? How fast can you ship? Um, how competitive is the site at the moment? And are you competing on site with a lower priced item in store? Because that will also affect your organic placement and your reach. Um, but I definitely recommend not being hesitant to sell on walmart.com. Um, it, it can't hurt to set up items and begin selling and take those learnings and change your assortment mix. Um, but throwing up everything it's kind of, I would, I don't want to say a waste of time, but if you have 200 items, what, what are your top sellers? What are your top 10, top 20? Because the customers aren't going to shop for very, you know, specific, unique products. They are going to go to the brand that they recognize and buy the product that they're familiar with. Absolutely. And I think that Shelby hit it on the head. It all comes down to really the data, right? There's so many tools now that you can really analyze market share, category growth. You can see at walmart.com, on Amazon, on Google, even what the trends are for particular categories. Mm -hmm. Are those product categories trending at mm -hmm. Walmart or Amazon? Is there a market for them? Um, how saturated are those markets? And really just analyzing, are your competitors on? It's as simple as like, just understanding which competitors of yours are on both of these retailers, retailer sites. And is there room for you to compete against them on those sites? So um, that's well, a really good point. Yeah, go ahead. Shelby. Also Delaney, sorry, lots of thoughts here. Um, <laughs> beyond your competitors, I would bet probably 95.9% of the time, if you are not selling on walmart.com, another third party seller is oh, yeah. selling your brand on walmart.com. So even if it's just brand protection of making sure that you are on site at the price that you should be selling the product that the customer deserves and not risking, you know, expired or faulty items and just truly protecting your brand image on walmart.com is extremely important. And, you know, some people might write off the idea of walmart.com, but if you haven't gone and looked at your brand and your items, I can promise you that they are most likely being sold there. And I Personally, I want to be the one making that sale, um, not letting someone else. And so it's also just approaching it from a brand protection piece. Um, but yeah, I have another point on place, but I'll get your opinion <laughs> on that, Delaney. Okay, no, I completely agree with you. And it's the same exact thing for Amazon. <laughs> Beyond just the 3P landscape and selling your brand specifically, we've obviously seen the re-emergence of a lot of Chinese sellers as well, yeah. right? And I think with that, they're knocking off your product, undercutting your price. So we've had a lot of sellers on Amazon that have said, hey, we don't want to go and sell on Amazon with our hero product because we believe that we're going to just get a lot of different Chinese selling listings after we launch on Amazon. Um, and that is going to erode our, our overall brand image as well. Mm -hmm. But what we have been saying and what actually continues to happen is that those sellers already know about your products, right? And they're already coming onto the marketplace, undercutting your price. And eventually they're going to be taking up not just your branded demand, but conversion share on all of your branded search terms, which is going to make advertising efficiency on those terms 
also decrease. Um, so just something to think about. It's not just protecting the three-piece side of your business or your brand specifically, but it's also just protecting your products as mm -hmm. a whole because other sellers can come in, knock off your product very easily, undercut your price, and then you're going to have a really hard time building that back up and then going through brand registry and taking them down. Mm -hmm. So Shelby, go ahead and expand on your last point on place because I feel like it's a good one. <laughs> well, it goes back a little bit. I just uh, wanted yeah. to talk about how important Walmart's placement all over the country is and how I do truly believe in the competitive advantage there. So there's over 4,600 stores in the U.S. alone. 90% of Americans live within 10 miles of a Walmart. Um, and I think that's where we've seen a ton of the place piece evolve over time. Um, they are now leveraging, you know, their store DCs and their actual store locations to fulfill product to customers that are shopping online. Um, and so I think as we see that ramp up in same day shipping, two day shipping, two hour delivery, one hour delivery, all increase, the demand and traffic on walmart.com will also increase. Um, and I think that that's one part people don't give Walmart enough credit for is how much distribution, how much place they actually have all over the country that they can leverage to provide a great seamless customer experience. You're already touching on the five, the fifth through the seventh piece. So we might as well start to talk about them for our audience, mm -hmm. shall we? Okay. Um, so process, logistics, right? I think oh, this no, is what no. Amazon had an upper hand on from an e-commerce standpoint for a while, being able to enroll in Prime and have that two-day delivery. Talk about Walmart Plus, the really the more competitive edge that Walmart has. You already spoke to it a little bit from a store standpoint and being able to leverage all of those physical locations as well. But talk about how you've started to see ship from store evolve over the last two years or so um, as a channel. So I love the ship from store model. Um, I think you know, it probably should have grown earlier than it did, but basically tell, tell me back up a little bit and tell I'm, our viewers what that is. Yes. Yeah. So, um, there are probably a million ways, not a million, probably 10 ways that a customer can be on walmart.com, order the product and there are various ways it can get to the customer ship from store leverages the store locations that have enough inventory to support shipping it to the customer. Now, the algorithm that decides that is kind of foggy, if you can imagine all of the pieces that go into it. But the most efficient way to get the product to the customer cheapest and fastest is what Walmart is going to choose. And so we have seen a significant uptick in ship from store because of um, like basket analysis and seeing, you know, if a customer is ordering all their groceries and this one item that isn't available in this store, but it's five miles away at another store, it can ship to their house. And so over the last year, I mean, ship from store has skyrocketed. Um, and it makes sense if you can think about the amount of stores that Walmart has versus their specific e-com FCs and the shipping time that it takes to get to the customer. Now, I would say that this is only an advantage for customers or for brands that have items in a Walmart store. But what I think is coming is Walmart holding inventory at their store locations for products that is not necessarily on the modular shelf, but is in the back room because of the high turns and demand in that location to quickly get the product to the customer as fast as they can. Yep, absolutely. And we're seeing something similar on the Amazon side, where if you are over $25 on your order, Amazon is actually offering free overnight shipping. 
So not one day, not two day, but now literally having your product overnight. And this is something that we saw for Valentine's Day too, where the day before Valentine's <laughs> Day, it seems like all of these dudes were late to the game, um, but they started like we saw sales spike on Valentine's Day for a lot of our beauty brands. And that could be the addition of free overnight shipping and mm -hmm. Amazon really improving their logistics so that the, the customer can continue to get product as quickly as possible. So I think both Walmart and Amazon obviously have the upper hand from a logistics standpoint. Anything Definitely. Else Walmart's always been known for, you know, their supply chain and DC capabilities. Um, one other piece that I don't think a lot of people in the country are aware of just because of us. I live in Bentonville, born and raised. So I see all of the test stuff with Walmart at the store of the future. Um, but drone delivery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Walmart is now leveraging their stores to drone deliver items um, to customers. Obviously, you can't order a bag of dog food. But you know, toilet paper, you're out of toilet paper, you can use drone delivery to have it to your house same day. Um, and I also think one of the best benefits of the drone delivery is prescription delivery mm -hmm. to the elderly or say you're injured and it's just easier for them to directly bring you what you need in the moment um, is going to be interesting to watch roll out. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, that's all to the benefit of the consumer, which is great on Walmart's part. Okay. So we've hit up five on the seven and we are going to quickly go through two of the others. But I think that people as a whole obviously deserves a whole other topic in itself. So Shelby, we can touch on it slightly here. But when we think about the evolution of influencer marketing and the virality of TikTok and some of these other social media platforms, I think it's very clear how those things have an impact on certain brands that meet the demographics of mm -hmm. those specific social media platforms but speak a little bit about sourcing those influencers mm -hmm. and what some of the more important things are when you're trying to develop your influencer base for your brand so being intentional i would say that that answers it simply um but and authentic and authentic yes <laughs> intentional and authentic i like that um i would say TikTok has changed the entire game. Everyone knows that. Um, the amount of times I have purchased things because I saw it on TikTok is embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times they just pull a link from somewhere. They're just like, I found this great product. I want to share it with the world. You should buy this. And organically, sometimes that happens for a specific brand. But if you are looking to run an influencer marketing campaign, I would say you, you really need to source influencers who have a trusted audience who are Walmart shoppers or looking for your actual product, um, very targeted, being intentional. And then also organically making sure that your packaging, your branding, everything is appealing to the customer. It's something they want to post about, something they want to brag, something that's aesthetically pleasing. Like those things have become so much more important because of social media and the likelihood of somebody posting your bag of popcorn on their Instagram story because it looks cute versus just a regular old bag of popcorn. Um, and so over time, I think it's only going to continue. But from a brand perspective, I would say being extremely intentional with who you're selecting to influence your product, their following and their demographics, um, and also the amount of influencers you have. I don't think people give micro influencers enough credit, but the amount of small followers or small 
influencers that pop up on my TikTok, on my For You page that I don't necessarily follow. The video might only have two to 3,000 likes, but they're out there making content and pushing items to people that feel more relatable, more real, not not as much of the celebrity endorsement. Um, yeah, no, and then that's the dot com side of things. But we even think about some of the modulars in Walmart stores and how much those have developed with the addition of just the focus on people as a P in the marketing mix. Talk a little bit about that, Shelby. So I would say, you know, the strategy behind the Walmart modular, it, it varies by category, but you mentioned beauty. So let's say, you know, you're trying to really stick out or you're trying to be efficient. A lot of things have changed with how items are displayed on the shelf because you're really leveraging that space to tell your brand story, to resonate with the customer. They need to be able to look at the shelf and know what your product does and if they've seen it before, because brand recognition is huge. If I walk into the makeup set and I have no idea what kind of foundation I want, but I've seen TikToks of a specific brand, I'm immediately going to probably gravitate towards them. And you have to translate the same messaging on the Walmart modular and on the shelf that you did in your TikToks, in your influencer marketing, in your packaging on walmart.com so that the customers are relating and finding your items easy. Yep. And you're already touching on the seventh P in what you just said. So I feel like it's all tying together and it all does. It's right? supposed to. It's the mix. The exactly. Physical evidence, though. It's, it's exactly what Shelby is saying in that, one, if you have rec brand recognition, even if you don't, what is proving that you're either a reputable brand or that the product is doing what it says it does? Mm -hmm. Obviously, with your focus on people and you have influencers talking about the product, saying that it works. That's one thing. You go viral on TikTok. That's another thing. It's all building physical evidence for your brand and for your product. But then you think about how on e-commerce you can also build that physical evidence. And you think about all of the places on Amazon.com, the brand store, so much room for creativity, aligning with your D2C website, aligning with even your in-store presence as well brand story to tell um, consumers about your brand, what you really stand for. What are your top sellers? Have you launched any new products? Your A plus content in which you can get a lot more enhanced below the fold content and even your infographics, right? There's so many ways to develop your brand on e-commerce now, whether that's on Amazon, on Walmart, or even off plat platform on some of these main display websites where that's all building additional physical evidence for your brand. And external marketing is a whole other topic we can explore in itself. And obviously, we know that's valued by both Walmart and Amazon, even though I'd say both of them have not developed, well, uh, great attribution links. But again, another topic. <laughs> topic for um, a different day. <laughs> yeah, topic for a different day. Shelby can come back. Um, <laughs> Shelby, talk a little bit about your stance on physical evidence and how you can build physical evidence at Walmart. I think that there are multiple ways to interpret the word physical evidence. So you kind of just touched on all the pieces of protecting your brand and how you're perceived and creating a seamless shopping experience for the customer. I think there's also physical evidence in customer feedback. So it's yep. no longer, you know, running studies and test groups and gathering it there, I would say if you do go viral on social media, what are the comments 
that customers are saying. Are they liking it? Are they not liking it? Are there things that are repetitively mentioned on TikTok, your ratings and reviews on site um, or Instagram comments that need to be addressed? I think one thing that, um, you know, I don't I don't know how often people pay attention, but fixing and taking back to your product and quality team or even developing a new product because of what the customers are saying is the best physical evidence that we've ever had. It is true customer feedback in the moment. Um, and ratings and reviews is a touchy topic. Uh, you know, they can be incentivized. They can be manipulated. But social media has given a way for customers to give their true perception and feedback to the entire world. So if you're not protecting, you know, your items and making sure that the quality assessment has been completed before and after, that puts you at risk of being exposed. But at the same time, there's also the benefit of using the physical evidence and the data to show your merchant or incorporate into an infographic calling out all the benefits or leveraging that user-generated content back into, you know, the... Um, trust that you're building, the accountability, the relatability, knowing that customers have given feedback and it is a proven result of your product is allowing a new way of promotion that I don't think a lot of people even realize as consumers is happening. Yep. And then on top of that, it's also incorporating feedback into your packaging. I yes. think that sometimes people doubt so much the power of packaging. And that's really how you can stand out and differentiate yourself amongst consumers. And then the second thing is logistics. I know we've touched on it a lot here, but from a just customer service standpoint as a whole, how are customers receiving your product? Are they having a good experience when they are unboxing your product? Is that different from maybe another brand? So mm -hmm. a few things there, Shelby, but I think we've given our crew here a good summary of the seven Ps. Again, we'll <laughs> run through all of them. It's product, pricing, promotions, place, physical evidence, people, and process. Did I get them all? You got them all. I was going to say people. Uh, <laughs> Which one's your favorite, Shelby? Let's close on that. Product. I love product. I think it all starts with product, right? It does. It does. Yep. Well, right. I would say it starts with people, but yep. then the you people make the behind the product the too. Yeah. There you go. Yep. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Well, thank you everyone for joining us here. Shelby, always a pleasure. And I'll see you in a month. All right. <laughs> all thank right. you guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.